This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome back to the MK1 podcast, your audio hub for everything Milton Keynes Dons. Another week gone by in MK1 and another two games happened. Uh, of course, one we won't really talk about tonight, but the other one we definitely will. Um, and yeah, all three of us on the call this week, you'd be pleased to hear. So we'll start with the man who's been missing for the past couple of weeks. I uh, want my foot one, one his in some senses. Uh, Joe, how are you doing, mate? Yeah, so I'm, I'm back and I'm, I'm refreshed, uh, ready to get stuck in. Good to hear, good to hear. And Ross, obviously you've been here for me the past couple of weeks. How are you, mate? Yeah, all good. Um, Obviously clocked up over 300 miles at the weekend, but yeah, uh, we got back safe and sound. Yeah, an absolute top of it from yourself, mate, getting us three back to, well, and uh, and Lambo, of course, back to more. Via Bolton. Yeah, via Bolton, of course, yeah. A nice little pit stop at um, a little cocktail place for myself and Joe and then, uh, yeah, straight to Morecambe. But, I mean... Joe, obviously, that cocktail place. What do you rate the cocktails, by the way, out of 10? Well, they were all right, weren't they? Considering it was half 10 in the morning, yeah, it was quite good, actually. Yeah. We, we definitely so, the first customers in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, no, um, no, good, yeah. Porn style martini for myself. Yeah, a little sex on the beach for myself. One of my go-tos, to be fair. But yeah, it was all right, to be fair. Not too yeah. bad. Kicked off the uh, cocktail club nicely. And obviously, saw Dan during the game, which is nice. And um, yeah, I tell you what, the meat and potato pipe more went down a treat after quite a lot of beers and a few cocktails. So yeah, it was a it was a good trip, trip, trip overall. And uh, yeah, we'll get into football a bit later on. But obviously, deadline day happening currently, boys. How any any sort of standing sign out to you, sign out to you so far? I mean, obviously the Anthony one, I'm sure, has uh, raised a few eyebrows. I think for me, Garner Gay going back to Everton's got a big sign in. But any other ones that you stood out to you today? Billy Gilmore to Brighton for nine yeah, million. Interesting one, yeah. That's nuts. I think it's. I mean, Chelsea just never learn, really, do they? So <laughs> that's. I mean, if Brighton are wanting one of your players, the chances are it's probably because he is actually quite good. So, um, 
Does that have yeah, a buyback clause in it? Also, I saw um, Ronnie Edwards from Peterborough, uh, Palace of Bid, seven and a half million. I saw four million got rejected. So, um, God, who knows if Peterborough can make a late signing, mm. perhaps. Did that Gilmore did have a buyback clause in it for Chelsea? I don't think so. Interesting. Interesting. Ross, anyone stand out to you today? Um, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. I haven't really been keeping track because obviously, um, I sort of started obviously in a new place at work today, so I haven't really I been. Yeah, been I mean, away, but I've, I've, yeah, I've seen, I've seen obviously the big announcements, but yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably go with you about Guy uh, Everton. Yes, a few Disney West London also. Willie and come back to Fulham. We'll see Abamyang to Chelsea's oh, interesting sorry, one. Yeah, but yeah, it's not the best. I personally think they're all awful signs. Bamiang, like <laughs> Willian. They are. They've, yeah. had their, they've had their day. Well, no, they, they stand won. out for the wrong reasons, trust me. It's not good ones. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's interesting. And obviously, De Bravica, maybe to Man United, also about to happen. So, yeah, an interesting day on day. Of course, nothing happened with Dons. Um, their final signing well, was. Well, 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 yeah, we were, we were going to get on to that. Um, yeah, nothing happened in terms of incomings, but of course. Obviously, yeah, two extensions this week in Warren O'Hara and Dan Harvey, as Joe mentioned, getting extensions to the club. I think it's fair to say that Ross, these two lads have been a vocal point, or a focal point, I should say, sorry, vocal and vocal, um, of our defence the past couple of seasons and both very deserving of the contract extensions, to be honest. And they've racked up a hell of a lot of games between them both as well. Um, it's rare both of them have been injured. And obviously, I know Harvey... Um, I believe he played in like nearly every game last year. So obviously it's a massive, massive um, credit to obviously the club that he's extended. And the same as was, we know how key both these players are in this young team. And obviously credit to, to them, obviously maturing the way they are. And um, they're young players as well, but they're, they're classed as the um, the mature ones in the, in the change rooms. And I feel like Harvey's going to be a massive character now. Obviously, we know that Louis doesn't really get vocal. Well, he doesn't seem vocal um, where he shouts at players, but it seems like Harvey's got that bit of bite about him. And um, if if someone someone does something wrong, he'll let them know for sure. Yeah, I mean, Ross mentioned both their characters, Joe. Obviously, with Dan being 24 and Ross being 23, their age stands out for good reasons also in terms of what they've brought to the dressing room. But, you know, Manny mentioned in his presses today about both leadership qualities, of course, was being the captain in the cup. And Dan, as we know, you know, his great relationship with the fans, but also by sound in dressing room also. It's it's great that both of those guys are staying on for this season and hopefully beyond. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've got a lot of these 20, you know, 19, 20, 21-year-olds, but it's good to see we're sort of getting the 23, 24, 25-year-olds as well now. So that's really good. Also as well, um, Liam Sweet and he did a 20 minute interview on iFollow and he was saying how um, we're, we, we're being quite aggressive with our contracts um, in terms of just keeping players tied down and I think that's really good and you know Twine is on a three year deal so I wonder if any of the new lads are signing uh, you know possibly on four year deals taking them to when they're 24, 25 so you know I think um, you know people like Connor Grant Dara Burns Dawson Dubois I think you know in two years time imagine how good they can be if they're you know, pretty, pretty good right now. So, yeah, really just good. You know, it might not be necessarily ready to compete for automatics this year, but give it a year or two and who knows. Yeah, most definitely. And say it's it's nice nice to have a certain core of players in a squad that, you know, whilst we, whilst we, you know, as, as Liam Sweet said, and you're 
mentioned you would like interview Joe and your players do move on and if they don't match the club's trajectory they move on and go to bigger high levels of English football but it's nice to have the likes of um, of course Louis Dan was a few of the other lads there and there are a few seasons now we can build upon and uh, hope to keep the culture moving forward so um, as as Liam Sweetie mentioned in that this window say that interview we had 14 transactions for the club overall um, five paid money for, of course, quite a few of the Irish has paid money for Jack Tucker being another one of them. Obviously, we mentioned how on our Twitter earlier this morning that we we're going to do uh, the Don's action sort of breakdown of our windows. So we'll get onto that now. And I'm going to start with we'll go through one by one actually. So, Ross, give me your favorite signing that Liam Sweeten and Kai have made this window and why. Uh, I think it's Dawson Devoy. I think. Obviously, from what we've seen of him so far, I think it just adds to the excitement. We knew that the, the, the talent he car- he carried, and um, obviously Burns mentioned it, um, and obviously the few few of the others have mentioned about his ability, and it was just a case of obviously him, him settling in. But just looking at his highlights when he did move, um, it's some it's a player who who wants to make something happen, and that type of obviously player gets gets the fans off their seats if you are sitting down. Um, at home, home games. Um, no, but um, he's he's someone who we can definitely keep our eye on, um, for the next couple of years, hopefully. And uh, yeah, it's definitely one which excited excited me the most for sure. Yeah, a good and I think very popular choice there from Ross in in Dawson. The voice had a fantastic start to the season in cup and league. Joe, who has has been your best signing so far in your opinion? Dora Burns, Aaron. <laughs> I think he's um, a really intelligent footballer. He's um, he's a winger, but he's not. He's not. He's he's one of them wingers where he can play in. He can play central as well. I think just because of how he plays, he's not a just sort of get his head down and try and spam crosses all day. Um, he's extremely two footed, and when he does put balls in the box, it's normally very consistent. And I mean, I loved his interview after the Watford game. He just seemed like. A, nice bloke so he's got his head screwed on so yeah obviously you know I'm not expecting the world from him just yet but I'm I'm really it's, it's my favourite signing just as a guy and um, and his ability on the pitch yeah I, yeah I think I think from what I've seen of Dara Burns so far um, I think mine is Dara also I'd like to go different but it, it's hard to just pick outside the two Irish lads so far in terms of how they started in the cup and of course transitioning into league also and yeah, I think I think before I even joined Dimes, you can tell you was like as a person and having that connection with the Pats crowd and you know, it, it felt like an age to him to sign the deal in the end and get announced. But since he's come in, it's been fantastic. And, you know, for a lad who's only nineteen years old to see what the impact he's had so far and he's got a he's got a bright future ahead of him, I think, and it's it's great that he's here right now and hopefully he can have a fantastic season, uh, heading into January and of course May also. So the next one is an interesting one, I think, because well, it's, I think everyone have different answers for this one, but the one to watch, essentially, the signing that you think people should watch out for. Uh, Joe, who's who's that for you? I've gone for Conor Grant. I think him and uh, Dawson have probably got the highest ceiling out of the players we signed. And I think with Conor Grant, he's got some of them qualities that aren't necessarily, um, like, they're quite intangible. I almost like... He's, you know, I think one thing we had, we always said about Kasuma was his numbers might not be, be the greatest, but what he offers you on the pitch is just something completely different. And we've seen with his movement and a couple of his 
just that goal against Morecambe, it was such a clever finish because he, the easiest thing to do would be to, I don't know, try and just hit as hard as you can or chip it or whatever, but he just sort of just passed it into the goal. And then the same against um, Sutton, he knew then that, you know, it was good. he took a really good touch and, and um, put it across the keeper. And I think his, just how he moves, he's so silky, he's tall. Um, so I think he could be a really, really interesting player in a year, year or two's time. But, you know, he's kind of, he's already pretty much started delivering. So, um, yeah, I think he's still got to find his feet, but I think there's been flashes where I've just gone, that's stupidly good. Yes, it's a good choice. Uh, I'm a big fan of Conor Grant also. I've not gone with him. I've gone with Louis Barry. Um, I think it's a bit rough start, I think, to say the least. Um, you know, he's been, his position's been a bit all over the place and I think the team's been all over the place really since he joined. I do feel that with the addition of Cody, which we chatted about after this conversation, that that's going to benefit him a lot. I feel that him and Burns and even even Grant and Boyd and have a bit of a bit of a man to play off now in some senses they need that and I think that's going to benefit Barry massively to the same benefit that benefits Troy Parrott when he was here last time and yeah I think he's just got goals basically I think I think this is what we were kind of hoping we'd have initially before Barry joined and we've only just got it and it may take a month or two but I feel by the time December January comes around we're going to see a very good Louis Barry who's going to be in the team every week and fighting for his place so, Ross, two different answers so far. Are you going to make it three out of three for this section? Of course I am. Um, I'm going with Burns. I think he's just... Something I like about Burns is he's very progressive as a footballer. He only wants to go one way, and that's forward. Um, and we saw it against Morecambe. If he got in them tight situations, he'd use, obviously, a bit of flair he's got, and he backs, backs himself against his man, which is something which you need, especially in this team. Um, and when you've got someone like Griggy in the box, um, Joe mentioned about obviously his crossing. He's got that to his game also. And I think if um, Griggs in the right place, Burns can get plenty of assists. Um, come obviously w- w- once he's matured and his his game starts developing, I, I just feel um, it's certainly what one one player I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more. Yes, it's a, it's a good choice. I think we've all picked Burns in different categories for the same reasons, really, in terms of what he's shown so far and what he's potentially can show later on. I'll kick off our next one, which is a player who I've been most surprised by. I think for me, it's it's a tough choice between two people, but I'm going to pick Dawson DeVoy. Um, I did... Well, I mean, I spoke to quite a few people on Dawson, especially some Irish sort of football, quote-unquote, experts, and they... And they said to me how, you know, he's a young lad who might take a while to bed in. And I don't think that's the surprising element. I just think, I think for me, the most surprising element is the way he's started and how well he's incorporated himself into that team straight away. Um, I know a few people um, mentioned how talented he believes he was and things like that. I think I just didn't think it would be this quickly he'd get into that team and play so well. And hey, it's a credit to him and a credit to the coach staff that he's, he's bedded in so well. And same to Darius, to be fair, on that front. But, yeah, I'm really forward to watching Dawson in the team. And I think any any speculation of a loan is now truly squashed. And I think he'll kick on that team now and uh, do well. So, Ross, player who surprised you the most so far, who do you reckon? Uh, I, thought, I, thought I, I was putting in more context in terms of who is, I'm surprised we've signed. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jamie Cumming. I think 
that's the, the only answer for me. Um, he shouldn't be at this level in my eyes. I think um, he could have easily got a championship move, but um, it seems like he's he's very settled, obviously, in MK. And um, he liked what he saw, obviously, last year, uh, finishing the season um, the way it did. Um, I felt like... Um, I'd, I don't personally feel like he's got something to prove, but in, in himself, I feel like um, he wants to get us over the line. And... Um, yeah, I, I was surprised when I saw that signing. Yeah, I think I'll change my answer to coming out. Should I read the question properly? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, Joe, are you, are you making it free out of free for coming or have you gone with someone else? No, I've gone with someone else. And I think the surprise is is what is twofold, actually. Um, so it's, I've gone with Bradley Johnson. Now, I'm surprised we signed him because that is not a signing that we have made under... Liam Manning or Sweeten, really. You know, Sermon and Jerome, you know, whilst they were quality players, they were Russell Martin's mates, right? And we probably wouldn't have got them if it wasn't for him. Um, now, with with Johnson, I thought, God, we, you know, he's a bit old, hasn't really played. And because of that, I didn't really expect much. Now, after the first sort of three games he played, I thought, right, yeah, that's why he hasn't played in six months or, you know, a year. He hasn't really played much. But I found that actually the last two or three games, as he's, well, you know, to put it into context, he's actually started playing games. Who'd, who'd have thought he's actually you know, getting match fitness, he's getting sharpness, and he's looking quite good, actually. Um, and I've had to swallow a bit of a humble pie there because after two or three games, I was ready to write him off. Um, but, I, you know, he, he obviously does have a pedigree and, He's now he's getting himself back in the groove. He seems to be a real asset in that midfield, and that's it's a pretty stacked midfield. So yeah, surprised we actually went for him in the first place, and then surprised at how he's kind of turned it around in a short space of time. But that's just maybe me being fickle, and I should have just trusted the club. Uh, maybe, maybe, but I think a few people were surprised about Johnson signing, um, and yeah, he's. I think overall he's proved us wrong so far. I mean, obviously it's a long season and players still to come back, so we'll see what happens. But... I say the same with Ethan Robson as well. In terms yeah, of yeah. He's, he didn't play a game since January. So, you know, and I think he has looked a bit rusty so far. But So I think once both of them actually get some games in them, you know, they're, they're going to be at levels where, you know, we'll, we'll be happy with them, I think. Most definitely. And uh, I, think, I think the final topic is the player who's impressed us the most so far. So, um, Joe, why don't you kick us off with that one? So, I've gone for two because I just can't I can't split them, really. Dawson DeVoy, I think just a couple of games he's had. Like, the Sutton game, it was just different. It was stupidly good, considering it was his debut. Um, and then Watford, it was just... I mean, I think that Watford contributed with that, with deciding that they weren't going to play a midfielder, it seems. <laughs> you know, just giving them... Um, the whole pitch but yeah he played very well then and then just a decent performance at Morecambe his first away game in the league um, so yeah really just yeah like you said we heard that he was pretty good but yeah he looks silly um, and there's been real glimpses where you're like yeah shit that's pretty good um, and then Matt Dennis and it's more not, not necessarily I don't think he's been one of our best players as such but I think he's impressed me in the fact that He's basically been thrown in. He was probably thinking, 
yeah, I might, might get, you know, 20 sub appearances, two or three goals this season, happy days. But he's basically been our main focal point. He's been having to play Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. He, he's very raw. I don't think he's been the finished article by any means. But he's in the right places a lot of the time. And I really like his attitude. So I've been really just impressed with him. And I think impressed the fact that he's over, overperformed what I thought he was going to be capable of at this early stage. So, yeah, I mean, I don't think he'll be starting as many games now, which is fine. Um, but I think that, you know, this early part of the season will do him no harm at all. And hopefully he just takes that confidence on and pushes Grig and pushes KOD um, all the way. Yeah, I think a lot of people are impressed with Dennis, actually. Um, so there's a lot of not interested in him coming in from Norwich, obviously being in league last season, how, he, how he'd get on. But I think so far he's been fantastic and I think he's been rewarded these past couple of games with the goals that he has gotten. Um, I think I'll take my wrong answer from the last question and bring it into this one and say Dawson the voice, the player I'm most impressed by so far. But like what Joe said, um, yeah, I said I, I I listened to a lot of people what they said about him and you know he's not proven them wrong in some senses, but I feel like the way he stepped up this first couple of months has been absolutely fantastic for a lad who's come over from Ireland and um yeah, I'm looking forward to see what happens moving forward with him. Um, Ross, to find it to sort of sign it all off, who's been the player you're most impressed by and why? Uh, I've gone with Connor Grant. I just feel he's been quite con- he, he's been a consistent performer, he hasn't been ex- exceptional. Um, and you could arguably say, obviously, Devoy, he's had them, he's had them game a bit, bit more game, uh, minutes in games where he's influenced, um, the result a bit more. But I just feel Grant, he's been consistent, and I feel. The more games he's going to get played, the better he's going to be. And um, obviously, we've obviously only been twenty-one, and he's stepped up obviously from Rochdale. Um, I just, I just feel like he's finding his feet now, and um, he's impressed me. And uh, yeah, I, I only can see him getting better at this level for sure. Fantastic! Some some very good answers there. I don't say to myself, and some I think some differing opinions on pretty much every question there. So that's always good to hear. And if you want to submit your your own predictions and that and your own sort of thoughts on that, you can do over on the Don's Action Twitter page. Is that Don's Actions? Okie dokie. Right, we will we'll we'll take over from our voices for a bit and give you to our in focus section of the episode where we chat about all of MK Don's signings and I'll pass it over to myself, Ross, and uh, Will Daniels um, to, to talk about Joshua Cody. Welcome back to our In Focus series where we look at all the latest MK Don signings throughout the windows in the summer and the winter. Of course, this is our final summer signing and it's a striker, believe it or not. Uh, the striker saga is finally over um, and it's a man called Josh Cody coming in from Rotherham United on loan. And luckily for us, we have Rotherham United fan called Will on the, on the uh, podcast to talk to us all about Josh. So, Will, how are you doing? Yeah, really well, Liam. Thanks for uh, thanks for inviting me on. Hopefully, uh, hopefully this should be uh, really good for for both of us. Yeah, obviously not a bad start for Rotherham and Championship. Has it? How's how's it been so far? I mean, to be honest, mate, it was going really, really well up until we went up to the Stadium of Light last, last night and uh, decided to give them three goals in twenty minutes. But we've had an unbelievable start and pinching myself at the fact that if we'd have won last night, we could have gone third in the Championship, which is just insane for Rotherham United um, who knows what's to come but um, yeah good start fingers crossed and uh, kick on yeah exactly so typically a championship team or league one teams go to championship tend to struggle but obviously you you guys are 
an anomaly to it all. So well done on that front. Um, we've taken one of your players, though, Josh. Um, obviously, on loan for the rest of the season. There's obviously the uh, Rotherham made it clear there is a um, re, re, what's it called uh, recall clause on that on that deal in case they get hard to exercise that. But obviously, not many um, people have seen Josh play football. Obviously, last season it's mostly a substitute for Rotherham. Of course, they might have seen last uh, on Tuesday night against Cheltenham. But give us a bit of insight as to what Josh is like as a player in some of his previous loan spells. So Josh is, is our pride and joy, really. Outside of Ben Wiles, is probably one of the best academy products that we've ever produced. Um, he's obviously a centre-forward, but can also play uh, on either the left wing or the right wing. Uh, just 22 years of age, so still at a, a really good developmental age. Um, started out uh, in a couple of loan spells, uh, Chesterfield and, and Gateshead, before really... Uh, becoming known uh, within the FL uh, during a spell at, at Carlisle, which started in, in January of 2020 uh, and then came into uh, that 2020-2021 season. Um, plays in, in a number of different roles, as I mentioned. So uh, he, he played 16 games up top, but then also played 14 games out uh, on the right wing as well. So depending on how, how you guys want to use him, um, there's, there's definitely a player that, can play different uh, positions there. He's for 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 what I can see, uh, being a guy that has been used as a target man mostly because of his height, because of his physicality. And I think now this is a season where we need to send him out to play regular games at League One uh, level. Um, he's a guy that has been touted uh, across the league, and there's been a lot of interest to to acquire his services. So. I'm really excited that MK Dons have been able to uh, to get the, the signing over line. I think it makes a lot of sense because uh, for us or for me, I think that his, his attributes at the moment are very focused around his physicality. And I think that you guys can really help him from a technical aspect um, and a tactical aspect as well. You've got a really good management team and, and a great uh, squad as well for him to learn from. So a little bit about Josh just there. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's great to hear the Rotherham fans clearly love him because I'm I'm sure that I'm well I hope that we'll get to love him also, but not too much. Obviously, he's only a lone player. But yeah, I, I think in terms of looking at our strike force before Josh joined, we had obviously Matt Dennis, who comes in from Southend, or Norwich, sorry, then Southend on loan last season. Uh, he's, he's a bit physical, but he's still very young, as, as Ross will know on the call. So, and the fact that yeah, he's got a lot, he needs a lot of time to bed into the system. And his early signs have been good, to be fair to him. So he looks a good player. Obviously, Will Greg, you know about also, um, who started off all right for us. I think you can tell he's, he's come back from injury again, but he got two goals against Morecambe, which is fantastic. So, all the Don's fans about Greg. Um, and then, yeah, Josh is a bit of an unknown. I think he does bring a different dimension to the strike force. As you mentioned, his physicality. I feel that um, I haven't seen him in person yet, but as soon as I do see him, I'm sure he's going to be an absolute unit up top and be a bit of a bully in some senses. And I was at the Crystal Palace game on Tuesday night and I think the way they use their strike is very similar to how we'll, we'll use ours in terms of Josh anyway, in terms of letting letting the likes of, say it was say we were Palace, like Zaha, Elise, Eze, sort of play around him and having having Josh there as a centrepiece in terms of just linking up playing when he does need to get in the box to score some goals. So, yeah, it's a very interesting signing. I think, I think some of our fans' reactions were a bit concerned. I think that, you know, wait all this time for a striker. There was a lot of names flying about. Obviously, we missed out on some players due to wages and just money in general. And um, you know, I think 
bit of sign of Josh taken by surprise a little bit, but underwhelming elements in some senses. But you know, from what you said to me, Will, he sounds like a pretty exciting signing. Yeah, I mean, for for me, he's, he's not just that lump that you can just whack a ball up to. It's great yeah. that, you know, if you want to go a little bit more direct, you can do that. But this is a guy that has a lot of pace as well. So, um, you know, he's, he's going to bring other players into play uh, with that physicality, but he's also going to be able to work the channels uh, and 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 drag uh, defenders out of position for the likes of Will Grigg, your penalty box striker, to be in there uh, and and to be taking chances. So uh, we've played, I don't know whether you guys will play uh, Coyote up top on his own or whether you'll po- possibly play uh, Griggy and, and Coyote together. Uh, that's a, a combination that we tried uh, on, on a number of occasions last season to, uh, to some, some effect as well. So... Um, you know, I think there's a lot of versatility in the way that he plays um, and hopefully you guys can, can see the best of him. Um, and, and also to mention as well, you know, this is a guy that's from a pedigree point of view right up there. You've got a, a huge Irish contingent. I understand that uh, MK, he adds to that um, Irish under 21 international, uh, six games and a goal so far to his name. And um, he, he's really exciting. I think um, maybe... As as he's one of our own, I'm a little bit over-egged on it, but um, I think there's a, there's a real player there. And if if he wasn't as good as what we think he is, there wouldn't have been so many clubs in to sign him, if if I'm honest. So I think you've picked up a, a really good sign in there. Yeah, obviously you mentioned the Irish contingent. I think he's our, he's our fifth player now who's Irish. Um, so yeah, he's obviously he's played with um, Dawson and Dara um, previously in the N21 setup, so you know those lads quite well. So yeah, I'm sure we welcome the open arms by those guys. And um, yeah, I mean, in terms of formations, obviously I think, well, we have we have mostly been using um, one striker, whether it be the 4-2-3-1 or the 3-4-2-1 this season. Do you think he operates better as a two striker? Um, like Greg, for example, or do you think he is like better as like a lone striker up front with the sort of creative players behind him or in front of him? Say sorry, in front of him. I think you'll probably see the best out of him um, as as a target man uh, up top because um, he's got that pace to to get in behind and, and drag players um, sort of out of position, and then you've got uh, your attacking players that can come in and take those positions that. Um, the defenders have been taken. So I think that's probably how you'll see the best out of him. Uh, a little bit of an exclusive that the NK Dons may, fans may not have seen on Tuesday night is he actually has an absolutely ginormous long throw. Um, so there's a... Uh, Interesting. A <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll, uh, we'll make a little note of that. And then if we see that on a Saturday or on a Tuesday, we can... Uh... Take a note that that was from your, your knowledge there, Will. So thank you for that. Yeah. that I've, got, I've got a quick question. Yeah, go for it. So obviously we've lost um the goals of Twine last year, Darling. We had goals coming all over the pitch. Um and we all of our fans were talking about it we needing this marquee signing. Um when Grigg signed, we always knew that he wasn't gonna be the man. Um he was gonna be either second choice or third choice. We've obviously bring Josh through the door. Do you believe that he is the man um, to be that marquee signing or the, the main striker um, to to score? I, I wouldn't say 10 goals plus, but enough to um, obviously fill the void from, which is obviously a bit left from Twine and Darling and all those. I mean, it's it's a huge ask to, to ask Josh to fill uh, the, the Scott Twine void. 
Like that guy is was just unbelievable last season, um, and you know he did get goals at League Two level when he were at, uh, at Carlisle. We we saw him score eleven goals, um, so he's done it at that level. This this is a step up for him, um, and to be honest, I don't think it really helped him last season in the fact that he did play uh, just over a thousand minutes for us in twenty games. Um, so he he had sort of a bit part to our campaign, and I think he what he really needs is is regular game time. And I think with uh, the coaching staff, uh, coaching structure that you guys have with the players around him, you know the knowledge of Will Grigg uh, in terms of what he can pick up in in his movement and his finishing. I think he's really going to help Josh in in his development. Um, the jury's out in terms of whether he's going to score goals at League One level because, as I say, I don't think we saw at Rotherham last season him consistently on the pitch to know whether he's good enough to score goals regularly at that level, if I'm honest. Um, but, um, yeah, we'll see. Uh, one of his important goals was against ASC, so we can thank him for that. Help relegate him, so cheers to Josh for that one. It's off to a good start. Um, Rose as you- well. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, well, thank you very much for coming on to the podcast. Hopefully we can help with Josh's technical side of the game and hopefully he can potentially go back to you boys in the championship and score some goals for you there also. If you do want to find Josh's social media, his social handle is at Will Daniels, R-U-F-C. And uh, thanks again, Will. Thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. Thank you once again to Will for coming to the podcast and chatting everything Josh Cody. Uh, so myself and Ross were in that on that chat with Will Joe. What what were your immediate thoughts when you heard that Cody was being announced by Dons? Um, it's a name I've heard before. Um, so someone you know, someone not out of the blue. Um, I actually first heard about him when I think I was listening to a football league podcast and they were t- and um, they were talking about Carlisle and Josh Cody there. And one of the main things about it is he's got some of them natural attributes that you just can't really teach. He's pretty tenacious. He's tall, physical. And that's, for me, I was just thinking, well, that's pretty much the striker we don't have. We've got Matt Dennis, who will stretch defensive. Um, We've got Mo Issa, who's just clinical. We've got Will Grigg, who's a great striker in the box, but can also hold up really well. And now we've got that sort of guy where, look, I know we're not going to do this, but we can if we need to, you know, just... He's we've got someone that can score headers, <laughs> essentially. Um, and we've got someone that can can hold the ball up. Actually, I've seen in his clips he, he does look quite silky at times as well. So I think we've got a really balanced front, you know, four striker options now, which is um yeah, really pleasing to see. Yeah, I think we have a competitive um striker room now, as you mentioned, who all offer something different and all can compete for that one one or two spots potentially in a squad. So yeah, it's a it's a nice squad to have and sort of addresses what Liam Sweet said in terms of not not having us being put into that hole where we're having to scavenge around for certain players that we need to um it needs must some sense if we can actually build up the squad depth that we have and uh, move forward on that front. So yeah. So good and I think it rounded off a, a fairly solid window in some senses. I think it's might take a while for some of the lads to get to speed, but yeah, overall it's been a good window and I'm sure the lads will build upon it in January as a, I'm pretty sure some of the scouts teams are already doing already. So yes, it's all, it's all good for the recruitment world. But we'll actually get on to reviewing some football now uh, and we'll start with Morecambe. Um, I hope I hope some people manage to do Morecambe this season away. Obviously last season it was a snowstorm, so it's a bit of a, a write-off for most people. But 
still one of my favourite away days of the season. Not Ross's Ford Fiesta, though. Wow, wow, exactly. Good old Rides Susie. triumphant again. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, same same sort of away and same result, 4-0. Uh, another, another fantastic performance over Morkin for the Dons. Um, you know, Will Grigg getting another double up front and he played 45 minutes. So that shows you how how good or maybe how bad Morkin were, but also how good Dons were on that day. Uh, fantastic performance from most. And I'm sure we'll get into individual performances uh, a bit later. But Ross, I mean, you can't go playing too much, can you? Going to Morecambe back that season to win a 4-0 on both occasions. Yeah, it's a, it's a perfect away performance. It's, we mentioned, obviously, about the clean sheet as well. Um, we, got, we, got, we took that home as well. And I think, I don't think we could have asked for much more in that performance. Obviously, you mentioned um, Griggy got, to obviously, two. And then Dennis got one late on. And obviously, I mentioned earlier about Grant finding his feet. He got the goal, um, goal at the start of the second half as well. So, which pretty much killed off the game. Um, but obviously, um, I noticed a few changes in t- in terms of tweaks for the formation. I saw O'Hara playing in the middle of the back three, which brought a real um, edge of calmness to the team. I, fe- I felt um, Tucker's Tucker defensively. He's been. I don't know whether he's he's getting caught flat-footed sometimes and he's getting caught out. Um, but it just seems him moving over to the right-hand side, he looked a bit more comfortable and um, he wasn't obviously the main responsibility. So if he did make a mistake, obviously O'Hara could clean up. But yeah, li- little tweaks like that um, obviously helped us going forward as well. And obviously we mentioned about Harvey, um, obviously getting that contract extension. I felt Harvey was probably one of the best players in the pitch. Yes, granted, he he didn't get any goals. He got, I believe, he got the first assist, um, for Griggy's first first goal, um, got one assist for Griggs first, um, but yeah, going going forward, he was he was one of his better, best games I've seen in a Don shirt for sure. Yeah, so um, Dan Harvey's a player that I highlighted personally on the on the Twitter account, and I'm sure we'll delve more into his performance later on before. Before we get Joe's thoughts, obviously, you know, four 0 win, Joe. A lot of lot of standout performances from this one in particular. But what did you take from it overall? Yeah, it was um, just just professional. I think um, we did give. We actually had the same amount of shots as Morecambe, but I wouldn't have actually fought it watching the game. I mean, they had a couple of brief spells, but I remember last year we really had to dig in at the start of each half, and then we just had a couple of flashes of quality. Like I don't think it was a four 0 at Morecambe last year, but actually this one felt better in in a sense. And I think, you know, last year it seemed more Matt O'Reilly just being absolutely stupid at football. Whereas today, uh, the, the, at the weekend, it seemed, um, you know, some really nice team moves. And yeah, I mean, I'm going to highlight a player now, but Will Grigg, like when you're putting balls into the box that were decent balls, but he made them the perfect balls. He, he finished off both of them with just ridiculous finishes first time. And that's that's what we have missed at times, uh, probably at the start of this season, really, because you know I think back to Ipswich at one nil, we had a golden opportunity, two golden opportunities to to score a goal better than better than any chance that Ipswich actually created in the game in terms of xG wise. And so just having it just shows that you know if you are able to create these chances and have someone reliable like a Mo, like a Greek, that can make all the difference. Um, and then I thought, as we said, Brad Johnson had a good game, and I just thought we were really just tidy and good and inventive. 
And I think as well, yeah, Ross mentioned uh, Tucker going on the right-hand side. I think with that, he, he it's not it's almost he's a bit freer, as he said, because when you're in the middle, if you make a mistake, chances are it's going to result in a chance for the opposition. On the right-hand side, you maybe got a bit more freedom, so maybe there's a little bit more confidence that goes with that, or and he can maybe be a bit more aggressive coming out for challenges, etc. So yeah, really good to see that. Um, just just like sensible moves from Manning that you know none of us said, oh, why don't we try him there? Did we? So none of us thought of it. Um, so yeah, just, just good, steady progress, and yeah, just just good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the best way to put it. It was just a good performance. And, and there's so many plays we can highlight that we don't have time to highlight everyone, unfortunately. But, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll name one off the bat that Ross mentioned, Daniel Harvey. I mean, I think one of the best performances I've seen in Don Shirt from Dan Harvey in his whole time here, actually. You know, Ross mentioned about him going forward, you know, the three key passes, which one of the, one of the passes came from an assist. Obviously, 0.7 effective assists total, which is fantastic for a fullback in general. You know, his passing is excellent, 83.3% accuracy rate. Uh, and even going back, he was fantastic. You know, six out of seven duels won, four recoveries. Joe, I mean, I don't know, I don't know where that ranks in terms of Dan Harvey performances from Don's, but for me, it's right up there. And I think it really just shows why, A, we've, we've missed him so much, and B, why he's got his contract extension. I think the extra sort of responsibility he's got now in terms of just you know being one of those senior players, I think he's the second longest serving player we've got at the club. I can't remember who the first one is, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but it just I think he's the first game back, he just looked like he was had an aura of just give the ball to me, I'm gonna make things work. And we know that he's not gonna be taking on ten players and banging it in the top corner. I mean, when he, he went on that run at Watford and I think it all ended how we thought it would we were getting a bit of a nose bleeding <laughs> but I think he's just he just he has a bit of that about authority about how he plays and he, he's clever he's a clever player he doesn't take risks either like uh, there's not many times where you see him give the ball away and we're caught out at the back and I think it's just a calm and steady presence but also someone to shout at referees and rile the crowd up and you know, those are the again the intangible things where maybe when things aren't going for you, you just need that little kick in, kick up the ass, really. Yeah, and I mean, maybe you could say the same for this person, but I mean, Bradley Johnson, they were a pretty good game, right? I feel that he he was the perfect complement to Dawson's boy actually in that midfield too, and I think it's fair to say that all three of us have you know, been questionable. Brady Johnson starts the season so far, but Ross, you know, he's come back with a vengeance and really showing why he deserves to be in that team. Yeah, I, f- I think he, he brings a real sense of balance to, to the team in terms of, obviously, it allows D- Dawson to get, get up the pitch and work his magic. Obviously, um, in, the, in in that middle of the pitch, you need, obviously, we mention it about all the time, when, when you've got the ball, you need an element of calmness and fluidity throughout the team and he does bring that and um I I just feel um obviously against t- against these teams who who want to sit in he's he's a he's the perfect option because if they try and counter attack he's going to intercept the ball I just feel when he gets put put under pressure especially at Ipswich um he did get f- found out so it'll be interesting to see when we do play a high press team um ne- well the next time we do play a high press team uh, it'll be interesting to see how we actually manages that but um other than that he, he he has proved me slightly wrong and I don't like to sound wrong but I, I will say <laughs> it um 
And um, yeah, I, I like being wrong. I, I, I want him to do well in the at, at the end of the day. We all want three points, and um, yeah, let's hope he can get a few more man and matches. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, we'll all be wrong at certain points this season. I think I've been wrong at least once this year. I think, I think we'll all take a token for that. But, I mean, how did we think Dawson's boy got on in the end? Because obviously it's his first league minutes and I'm sure a lot of people would be interested to, who didn't go, would be interested to see how he got on. I mean, obviously he didn't stand out, do too much stats-wise. I mean, he was involved in a lot of ground duels and he played a few long balls in terms of that element of it. But, Joe, how did you how did you think Dawson's league debut went for Dons? I think just steady. And I think that's fine. Um, and I think at times, you know, Ross mentioned about how Johnson, sometimes he'd sit in and Dawson would go forward. But I think Dawson sat in a few times when Johnson went off, you know, on his little adventures up to the top of the pitch. So, yeah, I think um, I think maybe Johnson probably stole the show in midfield. But I think and I think Dawson just did a stellar job. And I think, his, for me, one thing that is one of the best about Dawson is he, he always seems to have space. And that's just... It's a simple thing, but there's all he's always on. And I think when a player is always available, it makes it so much easier for the defence to play out from the back. So often we criticise defenders and goalkeepers for, you know, trying to play stupid balls out from the back. But if the rest of the team aren't helping them out and showing them an angle or making a movement or making a run, there's not too much they can do. So I think, yeah, for little things like that, I've just been really quietly impressed by. So, yeah, steady game, but, you know, nothing wrong with that. You can't be a 10 out of 10 every week. Yeah, just uh, every other week. Oh, uh, well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I think um, it's I think it's quite clever from the coach team. Actually, I feel whilst Dawson did deserve to start against Watford base, um, against sorry, against Morgan base performance against Watford for what he did him and Dara, I feel like it was it was quite clever management for them in terms of playing him against Morgan. Martina knew who were likely to sit off were in a bit of a, a lux regarding the whole cold socks and situation. It may not have been intentional. But I think it was clever right away. And I think it was a perfect introduction to league football for Dawson in a game which they could somewhat control. And obviously going up that early was a good thing also. Yeah, and I agree along those lines. I haven't actually got Dawson in my predicted lineup for Exeter. So I do sort of think along those lines as well in terms of what they were doing. Yeah, I mean, Exeter's a very interesting game, which I'm sure we'll get on to uh, very shortly. Um, Ross, I know you highlighted this man um, in your chance window summary but I thought as you mentioned Connor Grant was fantastic and Morecambe as a final point to mention a goal and an assist from technically the wing um, was all over the pitch and I thought again shows why you know he came from League 2 Rochdale but he's making that step up to League 1 you know look pretty silly to be honest in terms of how he's performing at the moment isn't he? Oh yeah and it's not just him going forward either he, he likes to get back and help help his men out and I, I know it's numerous times when um they're trying to double double up on Harvey. Um, Grant was busting his ass off to get back, so it's not just a going forward. But obviously, I think you can always always look at the stats and just see that goal and assist, and you think, yeah, he's had a really good performance. But um, I think it's just all, his all round play, um, just his link up play as well with obviously Griggy as well. I think it's going to be so key because of, we saw in the early early games of the season that the the number nine as such, um, was just getting isolated. So we, we, we've we got to involve these these wingers, Grant and Burns, they do play, um, in with the striker. And um, if we are to break down teams, Grant's going to be key for that. Yeah, most definitely. And he's he never exciting young Irish talent in that squad. Okay, I mean, Morecambe was great. Obviously, we, we came into 
we came to Cheltenham with Papa John's, you know, obviously a lot of people have a certain four flights of competition. Um, myself and Ross did not go. Uh, Joe, you did. Was there any any particular thoughts you gathered from that game with regards to Dons, or was it a pretty a pretty tell spectacle? Well, I actually I watched it on iFollow, um, but yeah, I mean, I, it was probably cheaper than the fuel that it would have cost me to get there, so <laughs> I don't feel totally robbed. Um, yeah, they went ahead. Um, poor, poor penalty to give away from Oyagoke, and then. And then we had a really good spell and it was all coming through Brooker Lunga, to be honest. Um, but I think, you know, there's a few players in there. Matt Smith, Ethan Robson, um, Tucker, Oyagoke, um, Nathan Holland came on the second half and well, Manning said, him, said it himself. I think a few chances for people like Robson and Smith who have started okay and had good moments, but no one really took that game by the scruff of the neck apart from one person who was um, Louis Barry he had some really good flashes just you know slipping at the final moment and I think that sort of thing it just comes with confidence really so yeah other than Brooklunga and um, Louis Barry not much to write home about um, just the debuts mentioned the two academy debuts uh, Edward uh, Jamfi uh, right wing back solid enough Noth- nothing special but half decent and Callum Tripp who Whilst he wasn't amazing, there, there was some a couple of flashes there when you're like, oh crap, this bloke's 16 and he's like built like an absolute brick, and he can he just he just seemed very calm, very cool, you know. As I say, nothing amazing, but he's 16, and yeah, that's a bit of a joke to be honest. So again, it's Papa John. There's nothing to write home about. I think if anything, it was a missed opportunity for some fringe players to really put down a marker. Yeah, and, and the main thing also to take from it is congratulations to the two debutants who made their debuts in, in Tripp and Gamfi. Yep. That is what matters in the day, and it gives those younger lads the opportunity to uh, step up and make those performances happen. So, yeah, well done to those lads. Um, and, yeah, of course, all the best once again to uh, Pricey in his battle with Pacific Cancer, which is a real unfortunate thing to hear. And obviously, we heard about it a few weeks ago, but it is, it's good to hear that he's um, getting unwell and he's got support of all Don's fans and his family. And uh, yeah, we hope to hear many more positive updates from his side of things. But all the best from our side, and hopefully, we see you back in a Don's dugout very soon. Okie dokie. Well, that was a lot about Deadline Day, a lot about Morecambe, and a bit about Cheltenham. But let's look forward now and look at Exeter City. So, Exeter City, I was saying to the lads before we jumped on and pressed the record button there, they're a very, very interesting team this season, I feel. And I think much like we played them last time in, in League 2 in our promotion campaign, that they're a really hard team to predict to me. I think this season so far, they're ninth in the league. They've, they're, as, they're as steady as you can be, one, two, drawn two and lost two. And the teams have beat, they've both been at home in, in Port Vale, who, as we know, we're a pretty poor team. And Wickham, who's a well, a start of the season, obviously had a good season last year, so it's a good result for them. But then they go on, they go to games like Cheltenham at home, they lost. Obviously, Cambridge away, we know we lost that game also. Um, and then losing games in the Cup to like Newport and Gillingham in the EFL Cup. So a real mixture of results. But I think in the coaching, Matty Taylor, they have a manager who, like Manning said, had a similar route to him in terms of getting his pro license that way. Um, as a young coach, he's clearly a really um, one of certain philosophies and likes to play 
um, sometimes they're at football, but sometimes just he likes to adapt to squad situations. And it's a very clever team, a very intelligent team who, you know, are gonna are gonna see Don's quite well actually, and give I think gives a really really good battle. Some standout names from their squad, I'm sure Ross will mention also, but I'll try to avoid certain names. Uh, Rakeem Harper coming in from Ipswich, um, he's so young at 22 years old, centre mid, who he likes to get a bit of a box to box player, and you know when he is on his day, he's a really really good player. Um, who else have they got? Uh, some familiar names in Pierre Pier Sweeney, of course, uh, an Irish international, much like some of our lads, 27 years old. Uh, and Jamal Blackwood in goal, of course, from a Chelsea product. Uh, I imagine he'll be starting. He's actually huge, isn't he? He's he is. Well he's a giant. He's, absolute he's giant. He's one of the yeah coolest ones. <laughs> so, yeah, he'll, I imagine he'll be in that on Saturdays. So, I think any set pieces will be interesting trying to go up against uh, how tall is, how tall is Jamal actually? He's basically 200 centimetres, so that's that's, that's pretty tall. So, yeah, yeah good taller than that. me, then <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit, Ross. Not too much, not too much. Um, yeah, so and then to, even in terms of stats, they're a really tough team to predict Exeter. So, I mean, they don't really press too much, they don't create too much XG, they tend to control the ball a lot in most areas of the pitch, they don't really let the opposition have much of the ball. But at the same time, they like to get rid of it quickly in some senses. And whilst they're not a team who just likes to punt it a field and hope for the best, they're very selective in their um, sort of situations. And that kind of reflects in how Matt Taylor's brought up in his football philosophy and things like that. XG-wise this season, they're pretty much on par of what they've created. So they should have scored four goals this season. Where they've, played, they've scored five. Conceded-wise, it's... Actually, they've been a little bit unlucky in some sense. They should have conceded three goals, they've conceded five. So, and they've given up number of set pieces. So they're they're a really, really tough team to break down. They love their crosses, as you maybe expect. They're attacking that right hand side. Um, and they tend to be a team who, as you'd imagine, if they don't press, they tend to sit off a bit. And I feel it's gonna be a very, very fascinating watch. And obviously, Ross, we know there's a certain striker up front for Exeter who we'll know very well. But who are, who are some names that you've sort of pinpointed to look out for for this one? Yeah, it's it's not Sam Nunbay for me. Um, it's Giovanni Brown. I've mentioned it to previously to Jay when uh, we we look through the t- um, results after every Saturday. I always mention about Giovanni Brown, only because of he's a, he's a very tricky player. Um, he's he's a, he's an all round striker. Um, obviously he plays alongside Nunbay or Coley up top. Um, and if you just look at his stats, he's got three goals, two assists and five appearances. So um, he's a solid player at League One level. And I mentioned about obviously him causing problems. He likes getting behind, but he also, he, he can be that poacher when needed. Um, so the, the defence have to be switched on with, with this sort of player. Um, he's very much, um, he likes to keep on his feet. He's light, He's very lively. Um, and then the other one you mentioned, obviously the ex- um, Academy product in Jamal Blackman. Um, I was just looking at his career, and he he he's been about. That's that's all I can say. Um, he's been he's in at Sweden. Chelsea, weren't he? Of course, yeah. He's, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's been in Sweden. Um, he's went over to Los Angeles, and now he's found himself in sunny Devon. Um, I know where I'd rather be, um, <laughs> but no. Um, just talk about his quality. Um, his games against Wickham. Um, he's he's he did save him numerous times and. You mentioned about obviously they like to play out from the back. Um, I believe he actually um, done Wickham striker um, just through playing out the back, 
playing out the back. I remember seeing so, that clip. Yeah, yeah, he's <laughs> he's a very cocky um, goalkeeper in terms of he trusts himself. Um, but it's it's something to keep an eye on. Um, we we do need to press him into these mistakes. Um, but other than that, um, Blackman's a very a very good goalkeeper at this level, and um, I, I expect it to be somewhat similar on Saturday. Yeah, I say so. Cracking holidays there for Jamal, aren't there? I mean, Los Angeles, Sweden. <laughs> I, mate, I'd love to take some of them. That would be too bad at all. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Joe, what, what are your thoughts heading to Exeter on Saturday? I think from all me and Ross said so far, it's going to be a very, very interesting game. Yeah, I think um, with Sam Nombe, they've got someone who has got a good, good goal record for them. And um, but with Sam Nombe, you're not necessarily getting technical qualities, but you're getting pace and power that scares the living hell out of some defenders. Um so, you know, really an ability to stretch the play, which I think, you know, they when they're playing 3-5-2, you know, they will stretch the pitch. They've got a good week, a uh, couple of really good academy products in Josh Key at right wing back. So, Louis going to have to be really, um, really, just, yeah, on his toes as such, um, along with Harvey. And then also Archie Collins in the middle, just a real nice, tidy operator, um, which when, you, you know, we, we know when you play 3-5-2, you need those midfielders to control the game, essentially. You don't really have the power and numbers in the middle because you're, you're playing out wide, aren't you? So he's a really tidy player. I think he's like 23 and he's played nearly 200 games for Exeter. So um, just another one off the conveyor belt with their excellent academy system. So I think they're almost like Cambridge in that they're just a good team. And they're just like, it's a team that hasn't like changed loads, which is, almost it's just a good thing really you know we've seen Cambridge have just added one or two and it seems like they've gone up another level this season and you know they've got the march on teams that have maybe like ourselves you know we've made so many changes and I'd maybe I'd like to think we're going to be above Cambridge next to come the end of the season but it's no surprise they've started well when they've they've, they've got such a solid base to work from so um, yeah really well run clubs um, my, my first visit to Exeter as well so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Mine too. Uh, looking oh. forward to that. Um, so I've, after that, it's just Forest Green and Bolton in the League One for me. So um, yeah, it should be a well. Hopefully, it's a good day. Yeah, I mean, I unfortunately went to Exeter in League Two. Um, it was one of the most dismal days I think I've had in that League <laughs> Two season. To be honest, it was absolutely dreadful. So. Oh, football. Well, yes, it was prime as well. It was prime Tisdale football. So, yeah. And that was in the season we got promoted, right? It was, yeah, it was. <laughs> Just tells you everything you need to know about how ridiculous that team was and how awful that manager was. Um, so, yeah, my expectations this game are on the floor, so it can't get much lower than that. Um, but let's get into our lineup predictions. Uh, as I'm sure the most listeners will guess, there's not too many changes for me anyway from the team that played against Morecambe. There is one change, and it's it's one that hurts me a lot, actually. I've, I've dropped Dawson Devoy. I, I don't think he's going to start. And then the question is to me, well, who do I bring in? Because as Joe kind of alluded to, no one else has really kind of stood out to me as to bring in for Dawson, which, again, makes the decision even more ridiculous. But I've gone with Ethan Robson. I think, yeah, I just say Joe agrees with me with his thumbs up. So I'm sure that's where he's gone with also. I just think that this type of game is probably going to need both of those Johnson and Robson in there. I think it may hurt us creatively-wise in some senses, but I don't think this game is going to be about creating those chances. I think it's going to be the, the team that takes the first chance, wins the game, and 
that may uh, impact my score prediction later on when I won't reveal too much. But obviously, Joe, you went with Robson also by the sounds of things. Uh, why'd you go for Robson over everyone, everyone else? Um, I think, as I said, this is an away game. I think it's going to be, you know, we've, we've mentioned about they're quite high energy, etc. And I think Robson, I think he needs a good game. And I think, you know, he, he's, he's starting to get some minutes in his legs. Smith, started the season for me probably one of our best players he's not had the best last maybe you know he wasn't amazing against Cheltenham but then again he was good against Watford and he was good against uh, who was it Port Vale I think um, yeah, or no Sheffield so. Wednesday Sheffield Wednesday is really good against um, but yeah I just think Ethan Robson um, I think yeah like you say with Dubois we're going to manage him carefully there's no point just throwing him in throwing him in and we've got a lot of big midfield so I don't mind us rotating as such. Um, and also, just a quick mention um, on Henry Lawrence at the weekend. Um, he That ball through for Conor Grant's score was brilliant vision. And um, just showing, you know, like with wing-backs, they don't have to be going up and down, up and down, up and down, like an Ethan Laird. I know we always re- reference him. But, um, yeah, just really nice through ball and um, really just clever bit of play. So, yeah, that's that's the team I'm going for. Yes, I unchanged from my or unchanged, well from my line. I think with I predicted uh, Ross. What what have you gone with for yourself, mate? Have you picked similar to myself and Joe? Um, you never change your winning formula. I I, I found that Oof. out. Um, I think Manning found that out with the four at the back. Um, he he returned to the three at the back, and we start creating and we start scoring more goals. I just feel, yes, I I do get your points in terms of the physicality. Um of back-to-back aways, um, starting for Devoy, but he's a player in form. Can can you really change that? I I, I do get the, the point of the squad, but he got took off early at Morecambe, I believe the 60-minute mark, so the, the the minutes aren't an issue. Um, he he got rested in the in the cup game. It in my eyes, I I don't see him going um any different, and I'm I'm pretty sure he's going to go unchanged. Yeah, you're taking a very much FBL approach to that answer, Ross. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't think don't talk to me about FBL either. <laughs> yeah, don't talk to me about it either, trust <laughs> me. I'm not I'm not interested at the moment. Um, yeah, no, but I think that you made some very good points there. And the fact that he was rested midweek and he was taken off early against Morecambe. So yeah, that would usually suggest that Manning is he's not not protecting him, but it's putting high value on him, so he might start. Mm. But yeah. yeah, I think I think the the Robson versus the boy debate is an interesting one. So we're interested to hear what you guys, listeners, think of that one. But we'll get on to our score predictions to finish off the episode. Um, I'll start with mine. I, I feel, yeah, it's going to be a very close game. It's not like it at all. I think, I think both teams are are very similar in terms of levels and it's, it's going to be a chess, a chess game in terms of tactics and two young coaches also who are, as Manning said, brought by similar, similar philosophies, similar ways. So... I've got a back Dons, I think. I've got a back as 1-0. Um, I just think with a player like Will Grigg up front, he will take the one chance he has, like we've seen at the, the weekend. And I think he will get that chance eventually. Um, so, yeah, and I, I trust our defence to keep a clean sheet. So, I've gone 1-0. Uh, Ross, what, what score prediction have you gone with? So, if you look at, obviously, um, Exeter in the, in the previous games, they do struggle against teams with wing-backs. Um, so, I do feel like we will score goals, and I did say goals um, more than one. Um, I think it will be 2-1. I just feel at a place like this, um, Exeter, it is a tough place to come, um, and I think they will nab a goal. 
But um, I feel we've got enough, especially after that Morgan performance, um, to keep keep things going and ticking along. And hopefully um, we can bring home the three points as well. Yeah, we shouldn't underestimate three points here. It's absolutely massive for our season going forward. So hopefully we can get them. Joe, do you reckon we will? I'm a bit more pessimistic than you guys. I've gone for a one-all. I think we're going to score early and then second half, about 70th minute, they're going to score and we're going to hold on. But I don't think that's an awful result for where we're at at the moment. No, it'd be a good point. Um, I just hope it's two more than that, to be honest with you. Um... Oh, absolutely. (laughs) And we're more than capable of it if we turn up. But I know that we're also apparently capable of going the other way as well, so... Yes, you're not wrong. You're not wrong at all. So, as I said, it'll be a fascinating game. So, hopefully, we do all see you there. I believe we're all in a standing sand. Is that correct? Yeah, that I got nods from everyone. I'm... Oh, no. oh, you're in the seat, aren't made... you? You've just got a shambles. Think, I need to check. Well, I mean, hopefully, you are in standing. I mean, it's meant to be raining, so you might you might have pulled a see, flying. See you later, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll have a beer I'll on my own. I've all seated. Goodness. Oh, you had a stinker there, mate. I'm going to change that. I'm sure they'll let you in anyway. It's not like they'll be fucking loads of us anyway. So no, right. you've got to sit where you, where you bought your ticket. I can't ticket, wait mate. for that hour-long <laughs> queue to the box office tomorrow morning. Great. Uh, well, um, on that note, come on, <laughs> The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.